the people who actually make money in podcasting are the people who are who are experts, right? They can get people results. They're 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 good at their craft. They're good in their field. The only problem is people don't know who they are. So their problem is just being consistently visible in the places where their ideal clients are hanging out, right? Go fishing in the right ponds. Mm. So if you hang out in the right ponds more often, you're going to come across, you're going to get more fish on your line. You're listening to the Catching Clients podcast, where the smartest minds from the world of professional services and marketing come and share the strategies that they use to consistently attract and catch their ideal big fish clients so you can learn to do the same. So grab your gear and join me, Adam King, the captain at Thing Like a Fish and creator of the client catching ecosystem, and let's go fishing. Wanted to let you know about something I've just released. It's called A Quietly Powerful Guide for Professional Introverts and Curious Extroverts. How to Stand Out and Attract Clients in a World of Extroverts and Selfies. Now that is available on the listener bonus page, which is thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. There's also a bonus video walkthrough of the guide itself that you can watch if reading isn't your thing, uh, which you'll, you, you'll get access to after you've, um, you've, you've got your copy. So take a look at that and let me know what you think. But before you do that, let's get back to today's guest. Hello, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit meta. Uh, that's because we're talking about using a podcast, both your own and appearing on others to build your reputation as a leader in, in your industry and attract clients. In fact, I actually saw a post um, on LinkedIn the other day from Gary Vaynerchuk saying that starting a niche podcast is one of the most incredible opportunities for anyone in B2B. So he, Gary Vaynerchuk, sees the power in podcasts. Maybe it's time to take the plunge. But rather than listen to me ramble on about how transformative podcasting can be in your business, today I'm talking to a fellow marketer, entrepreneur, and a podcast expert. He's the founder of Pursuing Results, a podcast PR and production agency based in San Diego, where he helps business coaches and agencies break in and dominate their niche through podcasting. And on top of that, he currently hosts a number of niche business podcasts, such as UX, Real Estate Uncensored, and he's recently launched a podcast pitch assistant training to help experts get pitched onto other podcasts consistently by their internal staff. And I highly recommend, he's got some excellent training on this um, that I, I highly recommend that you check this out. Um, and it's, it's how to get featured on the right podcast and leverage outside your audiences to grow your business. And you can take a look at that at howtogetfeatured.com. But before you do that, don't run away just yet. Let's pick the brains of my guest today, Matt Johnson, and discover how he uses podcasts to catch more clients. So Matt, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Thanks, Adam. Pumped to be here. Yeah, it's great. And it's a little bit of a funny one. As I say, a little bit meta that we're talking about podcasts on a podcast and all that kind That's of fine. stuff. So Exactly. I assume the universe will, will fold in on itself <laughs> some, at some point during the conversation. So if we cut off, just that's what happened. We've broken the time-space continuum. Uh, worlds are colliding. Cats and dogs are living in harmony or something. Oh, there's, that's, that's a movie quote in there. And I'm trying to remember the movie. So. It's a, it's a, I love, I'm partially using that one. Ghostbusters. That's where it's from. Ghostbusters, yeah. That's where it's from. That's where it's from. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant movie. So, yeah, we're talking podcasts, not movies. So I'll try and bring it back on track. But when it comes to podcasting, it's kind of like, I think I saw it from you. You described it as the new networking. Mm -hmm. how, how do you sort of bring that out? How, how, do you, yeah. how do you see it as the new networking? And, and what do you actually mean by that? 
Well, what I mean is that it's interesting, this world of like business coaches, consultants, influencers, service providers, entrepreneurs, what I find happening a lot is people are meeting each other on podcast conversations. And because the conversations are so in depth and relaxed, and you can really take your time and breathe and just have a really good conversation with somebody, there's more of a bond that takes place during those conversations than if you met that person at an event. So if you think about, like for me, my mentor, the guy who ran the agency I used to work for, he had to build his agency by flying all over God's creation and going to conferences and events. And he's buying people bottle service at Hakkasan in Vegas at 4 a.m. and stuff like that. And I haven't had to do any of that, and which is thank God for that because I'm a natural introvert. So I have zero interest in being at a club at 4 a.m. Trying to, trying to talk to somebody about business. Um, and, but that was, I mean, that's the way business has been done for a long time. At this point, because I both am a good podcast guest and have a good system for reaching out. Uh, and I have my own podcast. I can pretty much talk to virtually anyone I want to talk to with, with the possible exception, maybe of the Gary Vaynerchuk's of the world, unless I catch them at the right time. There's really not many people that I can't reach out to and have a conversation with either by getting myself booked on their show or vice versa. And so that's what I see happening a lot is that the influencers and the coaches and the consultants, they're meeting each other less and less through events and in-person networking, and they're meeting each other more through podcasting. And then because that conversation is so good and so deep, then they're able to feel like they know each other even better. And then they follow up and then they get together at events or they have follow-up conversations on a video conference like what we're doing. And so to me, it's just, it's a, it's a different way to start the conversation. But the conversations that you have are so much better and so much deeper that it kicks off that relationship in a different way than if you met them in person, which we used to think was the best way to meet people. And that's ultimately what the, the real job, I think, of any good marketing is to start conversations. 100% agreed. And it's a fantastic way. And, and I can test to it. Um, one of the reasons I started this is, I'm like you, I am a natural, sometimes painfully shy introvert. I've even written a guide. Um, on this entire thing and, and how having a podcast has helped mm. with that introversion, um, yeah. how to stand out and um, uh, attract your ideal clients in a world of extroverts and selfies. Something mm. like that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the title of my guide. That's a great line. I like that. Extra world of extroverts and selfies. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's absolutely true um, in yeah. terms of <laughs> going to networking events, um, conferences, events, that kind of thing it wouldn't be uncommon for me to go and hide in the toilet for 20 minutes just because it was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yet with a podcast, I can reach out and it's, it's very conversational and it's a good chat and it's a network and the people that you actually get to talk to. And as you say, continue that relationship offline um, or online if you're on the other side of the world like we are. But um, you know, the, the ability to do that is, is huge with a podcast. So mm -hmm. I'm also assuming that you didn't, grow up wanting to be a podcaster no <laughs> so what's that tell me the story of how you've got to this place and, and how podcasting has has naturally sort of flowed into you know the values you you bring and, and the things that you like to help people with yeah so um be, because of the niche that i operate in which we're going to talk about how that relates to getting clients um i, I think it's best to flash forward so so 06, 07, I was running a real estate team. The market here in the States crashed. The whole crisis of 08, you know, kind of had started to happen and the market started to soften in 07. So I shut down my real estate team. I looked around trying to figure out what to do, decided I was going to be a, a pro musician, chase that for about five years. I come back into the business world 
and I get a job maybe 40, 40 and a half years ago or something working for a digital agency and their, their ideal client were top real estate agents. So I was able to kind of tie in my real estate background and the marketing stuff that I had learned in trying to promote my music into, into a job. I'm like, okay, this is perfect. So I become an account manager at a marketing company. Great. So then I get promoted into business development and I'm just some dude working at an agency and I'm expected to do these webinars with super high level real estate business coaches that are teaching other people how to build legit seven figure businesses. I'm like, so I'm kind of freaking out doing these webinars. Now the, the fortunate thing about me is that I read a lot and I had read all the books that they had read back when I was in real estate working on building my team. Right. So I, I knew who the players were. I knew who the coaches were. I knew what the books were that they were reading. So I kind of had a foundation of like, at least knowing the material that they were pulling from. So when I would host these webinars, they started to go really well. And I was able to contribute to the conversation and not just facilitate those conversations. And that led to one of those people pitching me on the idea of starting a podcast together, right? So, uh, and we went like way overboard. He's one of those, my, my co-host on Real Estate Uncensored is, is insane. So he wants to do like three episodes a week. So I end up having to build this system where I just show up to the podcast and we have the conversation and then other people do all the stuff behind the scenes, right? Well, then other people start to see me doing that and ask me, how is that possible? How are you cranking out three episodes a week? And then you're doing these other shows and blah, blah, blah. And I just hold them a little bit about the team and they would ask me to work with the team. And then I had to turn that into an agency. So essentially I went from being just a nobody that worked at somebody else's agency to leaving and starting my own thing and now running my own digital agency where we have a team of like 12 people and some interns and stuff like that. And it's fully distributed and I built it essentially to scratch my own itch, right? So that my clients could do the same thing I did, which is show up, have the conversations, not have to worry about anything else. Uh, and from my perspective as a business owner and a freelancer, I went from being like a freelance marketing consultant guy to being an agency owner that runs an agency that only takes me less than a day a week to run. So it's really systematized. It's very packaged. And it all, all of that flows from the fact that we sell one thing to one type of person. Yeah. And, and I find that when it comes to talking to people about starting their own podcast, you've covered a lot in there that really does put people off. It's, well, what about the technology? What about, um, you know, the way my voice sounds? What about you know, all these sorts of things and all these hangups? So a lot of them, they don't do it. And I, I think what, what you're saying there is you've got a system which effectively means that they get all the benefits without any of the headache. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because that, that's what it took for me to do it. You know, at one point I was doing eight to 10 hours of live podcasting a week. Like there's no way I could have done any of the behind the scenes stuff. And then I went, at one point I was like in four different companies and I, like there, I was just super busy. Uh, I've stopped all that, fortunately. I, I came to my senses. But yeah, my clients are that way right? They're in four different things. They're super busy. So they can't be expected to do any of the behind the scenes stuff. It's enough to get them to sit down in front of a webcam and have the conversation, which when they do that, that that's all we need. All we need to do is just get them to show up and have the conversation. But I do want to mention that like, if you're listening to this and you are looking at it going, yeah, I'd like to start a podcast, but I'm not at that point. I, I don't blame you. I don't, I don't think everybody needs to start a podcast, especially their own and especially not right off the bat. I would start with two things. Number one, which is getting yourself featured as, a, as an expert guest first, way before you start a podcast. If I could have gone back and changed anything about my journey, it would have been that. Uh, and the second thing is, is that there's other ways to leverage podcasting without you hosting your own show. So one of the things that I did that got me my initial round of clients is I would reach out to people on LinkedIn that were like one step away. 
And I would just send them a, a short message that got them on a 15 minute call because I was offering to introduce them to somebody I knew who hosted a podcast where I thought they'd be a good guest. Ah, smart. Interesting. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's just super, it's just, it's just conversations with people. Um, and it was just, you know, super casual, uh, on LinkedIn, just like saying, Hey, like I noticed we're both friends with Mandy McCune. I just talked to Mandy last week. She's awesome. Uh, and I, I checked out your profile and it looked like you might be a, a good guest for this podcast that I know that's run by a friend of mine. Um, if you want, I can send some details or make an introduction, or if you want to grab a 15 minute phone call, I can, I can tell you a little bit about it and then make the introduction. You'd be surprised. Like, 75% of the people said, yeah, let's just jump on a quick 15 minute call. I'm curious. And they would ask me, of course, in the flow of conversation, what I did. And at that point I was like, you know, I would just briefly mention that I produce podcasts so that you just showed up and didn't have to do anything else. And they'd be like, oh my God, we have to have a conversation about that. Yeah. When can we talk again? Right. So I came up with just that little one to two sentence statement that grabbed their attention. That was my, you know, my, my real intention for that call was just to be able to have a conversation with them add value to them, make a good strategic introduction so that they had good feelings about me. Uh, and then if I got the chance and they asked me what I did, I would deliver that short one to two sentence statement. And for the right person, that pricks their ears up and gets them to go, man, I've got to learn more. And is, is that sort of evolved into how you personally use your own podcast in terms of acquiring clients? Because what you've kind of gone through there is it's kind of the same thing that you're doing where you host your own podcast. You're having conversations um, you know, you're offering to put people out to your, your audience, your network, all that kind of thing for having that conversation, sharing their expertise. And at the end, you might get to say, uh, well, well, this is what I do. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, uh, it's, I always say it's, it's not a Trojan horse using a podcast. It's not something where you, you know, you go in with an expectation that you are going to get someone on a conversation <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden come out fighting when they've uh, all gone to sleep or hard pitching in this case. <laughs> right. That is that is the complete wrong way to do it. That's that's just bad form. But if you if you approach it really with having no expectation of getting anything out of it, apart from making connection and, and potentially seeing how you can help someone, whether that's with doing business directly or indirectly, mm -hmm. that is that is a fantastic way to actually approach using a podcast. So, yeah, and if and I think the secret to not having to do the hard sell, but it's still working to use podcasting to meet potential clients is you just have to have that one to two sentence thing down, which that, that goes back to kind of knowing who your ideal client is and understanding what you, what you do for them that really stands out to them. Cause if you can find that and you have that down into one or two sentences, all you have to do is just casually mention that at some point and they're going to ask you more about it, right? Cause they can't help themselves. If you've really, if you've really nailed who your ideal client is and what you do that's unique, they're going to want to learn more. And if they don't want to learn more, it's because they're not your ideal client and you just ended up on a, on a conversation with somebody that wasn't the right fit. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big problems that freelancers have is we, we kind of have a scarcity mindset. So we're constantly looking at the people that we're already talking to that are already in our world that have names and faces. And we're trying to figure out how can I monetize this relationship? How can I get them to buy some, how can I offer them something that they'll buy? And that keeps us from working on the one thing that we can sell to a whole bunch of people that don't know who we are yet. Hmm. But that takes a little bit of, you know, it takes, it takes an abundance mentality or at least powering through this, the set, that sense of fear and scarcity that we have when we're out in the freelance world. Uh, and that, that's not easy, but that is how, you know, successful businesses are built. You narrow down, you figure out the one thing that you can sell to one type of person and let's go find more of those people rather than just trying to figure out how can I sell something to the person that's right in front of me. And do you find that that's, that 
the majority of people that come to you struggle with that or they've already got that and then they want to take that on. That's a great question. I I would say it's half and half. You'd be surprised how many ultra successful people built their business off of selling one thing to one person and then want to start a podcast that appeals to everybody because everybody wants to be Gary Vee, right? Everybody wants to have a big general audience of all small business owners. And here's the trap. Sometimes the people that are the smartest, that have the best material for how to grow a business, look around and go, yeah, but this could apply to loan officers and, and real estate agents and insurance salespeople, right? Like I've got material that can help them all. And I'm sitting back saying, of course, it's all universal principles, right? It's all, of course, it's going to work for a whole bunch of people. That doesn't mean it's in your best interest to try to appeal to all of them because that forces you to water down what you're saying to try to appeal to everybody. You know, the Tony Robbins and Gary V's of the world that have found a message that resonates with a huge audience, it's so incredibly rare and everybody else is chasing that. That's where all the competition is. You know, a podcast for small business, that's, there's a ton of those. A podcast for people who, a podcast for people who own mortgage teams who are trying to make a hundred million sales volume. I produce one of those podcasts. How big of the audience do you think that is for that show? It's not very big. But guess what? They sell multiple six figures in coaching to that audience. You know, yeah. that, like, that's what I'm excited about. That's where podcasting to me has such a huge opportunity. So it's like the micro niching within a podcast and, and using the podcast as a way to be that big fish in, in the small pond because ultimately you don't want to be swimming around in an ocean where you have literally no idea where your, where your fish swim. No. Um, and so... That's if you're starting your own podcast and going that, but you've got your um, service that you offer where you pitch and get on other people's podcasts. Like, can you give me, um, I guess, a, a contrasting view of starting your own podcast and being on others and then the power of combining the two? Hey, this is Adam. I hope you're really enjoying this episode of the Client Catching Podcast. Now, did you know you can actually get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds a bit mental, but it's actually true because I've discovered this free new app called PodCoin and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. And it works by basically you listen to podcasts and you earn what they call PodCoin while you listen. You can then turn that PodCoin into um, gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to charity. And so the more you listen, the more you earn. So Here's how it works. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android. Um, I've got a special code for you as well. Um, you can use the code CLIENTCATCH and you'll get 300 PodCoin just from signing up. And if you listen to enough episodes, you can get it, you know, you can go and get that cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on me. So go ahead, listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code CLIENTCATCH. I swear it will change the way you listen to podcasts. So give that a go. But until you do, let's get back to the show. So I would always start with getting featured and we don't, we don't offer that as a service in our agency because we don't, didn't want to get unfocused, right? So we only offer podcast production. So that, that's part of why I created the training that I, that I could sell to other people and give away to my clients who needed it because I knew they needed it. But what really needs to happen is that you don't need to pay an agency to pitch yourself and you don't need to be doing it yourself, right? It's just, it's too, it's too time consuming. It's a pain in the butt. The bottom line is almost everybody says they can pitch yourself and they set out to do like one a day or one a week and then nobody does it. I did the same thing. Like, oh, I'll just pitch myself on one a day. It'll take me like a half hour. I built it into my calendar and I'm a calendar Nazi. So like this is like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this done. I didn't, I think I pitched one, right? 
because um, we're all, we all get up in our heads around it. You know, we have to listen to 17 episodes and, you know, we got to research the host. And like we just, it's different. It's different when we try to reach out for ourselves. It's, it's actually a, better. It's positioning yourself, aren't you? You're, you're putting yeah, yourself. You're worrying. There is all of the internal mind critic going on at the same time. Yeah. And, you, you know, you might, <laughs> yeah, you, you hover over that send button for hours and literally. <laughs> Um, before you send something and all that sort of thing. It's, it's nuts. Um, yep. And also consistency. That yeah. impacts the consistency. And, and the, yep. the, uh, success comes when you're consistently doing something over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's one of the biggest things I deal with, with with clients is the idea that if they just generate a big enough flurry of activity today, that they can you know, hit their marketing goals, you know, get more clients, build, build influence, all that stuff. It's just, it just doesn't work that way. You know, Gary V didn't become Gary V by his flurries of activity. He got there because he's been doing this for 10 freaking years. Uh, I heard him mention something the other day. Um, it's, it's been a little bit, of, a little while, but he was talking about the first, uh, when he first did Wine Library TV and how long it took that to take off. He said he essentially did videos for 18 months where not a single video got more than 300 views. Now imagine that. He's the same dude. They had the same super hyper obsessive focus on tactics and figuring out what works. And he's always engaging. Like he was talking to people, commenting, always engaged, same person. It took him 18 months to get wine library TV to take off. Right. And he's still, he's still, it's super, super highly engaged just to do what he does now. Uh, but he's been doing it for 10 years. And I think that's, we, we think that if we just run hard enough, fast enough, we just do 10 X today that we're going to hit our goals. And it's never like that. You know, it's, um, it's all about consistency. So yeah, in terms of like getting featured, I would always start there because if the, the dirty secret about podcasting is that I think there's about 700,000 podcasts on iTunes, less than half of those are actually active. Wow. Something like that. Yeah. Like there, there, there's a whole, but there's ha like half of them are six months old or less. A third of them or something like that haven't published an episode in more than three months. Like there's stuff on the new and noteworthy list that literally came out a year ago, didn't publish an episode since then, and is still on the new and noteworthy list, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's hard to be consistent. It's a lot easier to be consistent like just by getting featured and you showing up and having conversations where somebody else interviews you. So that's why I always recommend that people start there. It's a lot easier to have an assistant who is properly trained, consistently cranking out five pitch emails a week, and just getting you featured on interviews rather than you having to go host a show. So I wouldn't recommend anybody like look at launching a podcast until you've seen the power of it for yourself by getting interviewed consistently for a while and you've really narrowed down what your message is. Then look at doing a podcast to lead those people at a deeper level so that you can nurture them into becoming clients. Yeah, because you don't know if you even like the medium. You don't know if you enjoy yes, it. Um, exactly. And actually, it's, it's a less risky way of I suppose, dipping your toe in the water, seeing if you like it, if you, know, if you, you get on with it, if you, know, you like the sound of your own voice, all that kind of thing. And, and you know that by doing that activity, it's, it's not activity for activity's sake, as you say. I, I, I saw um, there's, a, there's a, a, a really smart guy in, um, here in the UK called Daniel Priestley, and I saw on Twitter the other day, he put something, um, what's your ROT? And he calls it return on tinkering. <laughs> the amount of time that we we as you know, I'm as guilty of it. It's it's not like I'm immune of, of tinkering with things that have absolutely no return on investment. They're not moving you forward, but you just got to get that little bit looking right on the website, something like that. And you know that by getting on podcasts and having someone consistently reach out, 
you are doing so many things that are actually moving yourself forward, both in the way that you deliver your message, in the way that you get in front of new audiences and you get other people to hear your messages. So yeah, I, if I could do this again, I would probably do the same. I, I didn't get on another podcast until I started my own. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think we all struggle sometimes with imposter syndrome. I know I did it first. I don't really have any right to be talking about hybrid business models for real estate teams and investment arms and, and all that, like, you know, marketing service agreements with, with lender vendor partner, like, you know, like I haven't done most of the stuff that we talk about, especially on the real estate podcast that initially kind of made me, um, uh, well known in a certain space. Um, I didn't have any right to be talking about that. So I facilitated the conversations and, and I, I asked good questions, right? But that's not where real expertise is built. Mm. So we have to be very careful, right? Uh, in terms of podcasting, like just everybody thinks if they just launch a podcast where they interview people, uh, that they'll build a brand and they'll be able to sell stuff to that audience. And think again, because I know plenty of people that do it that don't make a dime or they, they, it's a constant struggle to monetize that audience. The people who actually make money in podcasting are the people who are, who are experts right? They can get people results. They're, they're, they're good at their craft. They're good in their field. And the only problem is people don't know who they are. So their problem is just being consistently visible in the places where their ideal clients are hanging out, right? Go fishing in the right ponds. Mm -hmm. So if you hang out in the right ponds more often, you're going to come across, you're going to get more fish on your line. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the way I look at podcasting from every angle, both from getting featured as the guest and hosting your own show. It's all about being in the right pond and then just being there more often. And the cool thing about like getting, you know, having someone else, for example, do the pitching or having someone else produce your podcast, whatever, as long as you can just show up and stuff shows up on your calendar and all you do is show up and turn on zoom and just have the conversation and everything else happens outside of you that propels you to keep going forward. And then you can spend your time tinkering. It doesn't hurt your business, right? Because you've got the system set up that makes up for your weakness. So if your strength is tinkering, right? But you're not good at systems, you're not good at consistency, right? Have the, have the systems and consistency done by somebody else so that you just show up and plug into that and then you can go tinker. That's yeah. the great thing about it. Well, it's like, you know, somebody's on your calendar, they're expecting to talk to you. It's a bit like when you go to the gym, you could go to the gym on your own and sort of go, oh, right, yeah, I've done a workout today where you really just put on your shoes and walked on a treadmill. Whereas <laughs> if you've got a personal trainer that mm. you booked and paid for and they're waiting for you, they're going to push you hard. You're going to show up in a different way. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's exactly the same with, with having that. You, you've got to mentally prepare yourself for an interview, you've got, you know, whether you are hosting or whether you are a guest. And, and that kind of forces you into a different mindset as well. And yeah, somebody said something, the personal trainer thing reminds me of something that somebody literally just told me last week, which is that, because they pointed out the fact that I have a business coach, right? So I pay someone to like help me grow my business and it, it slash personal therapy, right? Because all, all business development is personal development. So they, they just made the point that, well, if you have a business coach, like if it's worth it for that, isn't it worth it to pay an expert in every area of your life that you, that you consider important? And I'm like, well, yes. Unfortunately, most of us do the exact opposite, which is that we think something's worth doing, but then we do it without any help and without consulting an expert. You know what I'm saying? Like we wouldn't go buy a house without an attorney or an agent, right? But we do this all the time in a bunch of areas of our life and of our business. We take things that are super, super important and then just ignore anyone that might be able to help. We don't pay for help. We don't pay for systems. We don't pay for anything. We try to do everything ourselves, even though it's super important. But, but we understand that we don't show up to the gym without a personal trainer the same way we do if we pay the trainer. 
Like we understand it in one area and then we completely ignore it in a bunch of other areas. So yeah. I got that. I got it. It was, a, it was a good kick in the pants for me. It reminded me that number one, I need to go hire a personal trainer again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then in other areas of my life, like, look, if it's worth doing, it's worth paying the right person to help you do it. Yeah. But it's having that clarity, isn't it, of, of what, what you're wanting or what you value is important. And, you know, that's both yeah. in your business, in your life, in your relationships and all that sort of stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, working out, well, do I need some help in this area? And, yeah. you know, growing my business. I, I, you know, it's, it's like, do I need help? And what areas and where do I want to focus? And, and where are my weaknesses? And how can I get help with that? So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, we all have, we all have weaknesses. Uh, I think the most, what I've learned about, <laughs> Like hanging around really successful people that have built, you know, seven figure businesses and some of them built multiple and stuff like that is you realize that they proudly own what other people think of as their weaknesses and they build the business around them. You know, they, they, whether through strategy, through hiring people, by building systems, whatever it might be, like they don't care that they have weaknesses they're going to plow forward and they're going to figure out a way around it. I think the people that are the less successful, we try to work on those weaknesses and build them up into strengths. And that is a losing battle. You know, a lot of times we are who we are. We have a set personality. There's nothing wrong with personal growth, but the people that are the most successful entrepreneurs focus a lot less on trying to fix the weak areas and they try to make their strengths even stronger and then just build other things like people and systems around the areas where they're weak. So you see people that are scattered will hire someone who's really systematic and methodical and precise, right? If you are the methodical precise one, which I tend to be, I, I want my, like my integrator that I'm looking for, my VP of our operations, so to speak, is I want someone who is like, helps me sort out the ideas, implement, takes action, runs projects, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm the, I'm the thinker right? I don't need another thinker in my business. I, I am the thinker. I need the doer, right? Because I figured out that, okay, I am weak in that area. I love building systems. I love setting strategy and I don't mind training people, but I'm not good at just running stuff and running the project after I've created the system. Because after that, I've mentally and emotionally moved on. I have solved the problem, right? I want to get on. I want to wash my hands and get on to the next problem. So, and I learned that from just watching people that were a lot more successful. They don't worry about their weaknesses as much. They just get on with building their strengths and then hire people and build systems to make up for the weaknesses. Yeah. And <laughs> the funny thing is that uh, you've just described me in the way that I think. So, you know, yeah. we could never, we, we, we could probably never actually be, you know, proper you know, business partners or anything like that because <laughs> we'd end up, you know, yeah. exactly. There'd be, uh, you know, a lot of thinking going along and uh, <laughs> not, not a lot of doing. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've experienced the same thing and you always need somebody. It's like the opposites attract thing. It, it's like mm-hmm. you often look at the, the, the person you end up with in your life, whether it's your husband, your wife, whatever. They tend to be opposite and they complement you and they bring out mm-hmm. the best in your strengths and they help you and support your weaknesses. And it's the same in business. So yeah. what I want to make sure that we do cover, because um, we've taken a little bit of a sidestep, but it's been a fascinating one to take. Yeah. It, some of the mechanics around using a podcast to grow a business. So what are the steps involved in, um, so let's say somebody came to you, no experience of podcasting. Would you say to them, right, spend six months getting onto a podcast and then we'll create our own. Um, And and how would you take somebody through that process? Of, of launching their own podcast? Yeah. Okay. So, so the number one thing is that we found kind of a weekly podcast formula that works for our clients and allows busy, successful people to just plug into and just hit the ground running. 
So number one, it's two conversations with other influencers each month. And there's a lot of benefits from that. Uh, the second thing is, you know, you want at least one episode a month where you are talking to somebody uh, either on your team or a, su a successful client, somebody who believes the same things that you do. And uh, the more success story kind of oriented it is, the better. And then fourth, uh, for that fourth week of the month, you need a solo episode. So I want to see my clients just hopping on for 10 or 15 minutes and essentially delivering their message to their audience, right? It's, it's Sunday morning service. It's your turn to get up and speak to the, speak to the congregation. Uh, anytime you don't have one of those elements, you're essentially missing an opportunity. So if you don't have conversations with other influencers, people don't know how you rank in your niche. They don't know whether other people respect you. They don't know whether you have differing beliefs than anybody else, right? So those, those conversations are super important. You also need success stories because people want to be able to trust you. They want to know that you can get people results. But the thing that I find a lot of people leave out when they host a podcast is those solo episodes. And so I've started to mix more of them into mine and encourage my clients to do the same because the bottom line is the, the audience still wants to hear from you as the leader, right? And they want to be like, that's your platform for changing beliefs and changing, you know, giving your values and your opinions that hopefully people agree with. It's that process of getting them to agree with your beliefs that makes them ideal clients. Right. So, so in the, in the whole weekly podcast formula, if you mix those things well, uh, a lot of the rest of the stuff takes care of itself. You don't have to tinker a lot. If you have that kind of built into the calendar, you can just roll. Right. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're delivering solo episodes and interviewing influencers and sharing success stories on the sand, like all that stuff, like the, that formula takes care of a lot of the heavy lifting. And then if you want to get more strategic, you just think about, okay, well, what am I, what am I sharing in the solo episodes? Let's make sure I'm really hitting those beliefs that people need to buy from me. What are the beliefs to buy? What are the things that when I get on a sales call with somebody, I wish they agreed with me on? If I can share on those things and I can share the background and the supporting evidence for those, the, the reason I believe what I believe, I'm going to get more people to agree with me. And when more people agree with me, they're going to show up on my doorstep ready to sign up. So I think that's the, to me, that's the difference between just working with people that pay us versus working with clients that we love because after they sign up and after they've paid us, we still love them. They, they do what we tell them to do. They take our advice. They take the action that we need them to take. Uh, they give us what we need to do to do our jobs. Like all that stuff that goes into what an ideal client is, it all comes from what do they agree with us on? What do they believe that we believe too? So that's, that's kind of how I look at, at launching a podcast. Um, yeah, All the it's rest the ultimate kind of educating your client. In, and, and people talk a lot about attraction marketing. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time you need to repel the kind of people yeah. that aren't going to resonate with you because they're not going to be easy to work with. And, and that's something also that by doing that in the way that you've described, I think is, is incredibly powerful to do because the last thing you want to do is spend hours on the phone with people that were never going to be great clients or even worse, become clients and they're not the greatest client for you because they don't believe in you believe and they haven't bought into your ethos values methodology that kind of thing so how about then so that's the content side of things how yeah. then do you which is which is the i'm sure the question on everybody's lips how do you turn that content into clients or into yeah. you know actual revenue for a business yeah so so it comes down to uh, number one that that short description of what you do 
that you can tell people both in your ads on your podcast. So like in the introduction, the closing, and then maybe a mid-roll ad. So that, that should be telling people what your clear and compelling idea is. Why are you in business? What do you do? What's unique? And what is the result that you're promising? So you can hit that obviously in the ads on your podcast. So your audience are hearing it all the time. You also want to be able to talk about that very briefly or mention it to the guest before, you know, either before you jump on or in the post, you know, episode conversation, you know, whatever. If you're talking to the right people, there well, there's two sets of people you can be talking to. Number one, you can just invite ideal clients onto your podcast. That's a very, very specific strategy. I call that running a lead generation podcast. That's his own animal. And you kind of have to set aside the audience on that one. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. But if you're just going to interview potential clients, you can't worry about what the audience is thinking. You just have to focus on that person. But I think there's a higher level in terms of getting it to turn into clients. And that's to interview influencers and a very specific type of influencer. You want to go after the people that already have relationships and trust with the ideal clients that you want to work with. So if you think about using a podcast, yes, the, like the, at the most basic level, you could just go out and target the people you want to work with and invite them on as guests. That's fine. That's, that, let's say that's level one. I would say let's go level two. And who are the people that those ideal clients look up to and respect? How can we get them on the show? Because those are the people that can send you referrals for the next five or 10 years. That's one thing I really admired about my, my mentor, the guy that started the agency I used to work for, is he is obsessed, obsessively focused on relationships first. That he always considered that the security of his entire business wasn't necessarily the clients. It was that smaller core of higher level people that referred them clients. It was the movers and shakers and influencers in the spaces they wanted to be in. And as long as he maintained good relationships with them, he was always going to get inbound referrals. And then anything else he did in marketing was kind of like on top of that. It was like gravy. But the foundation is the referrals from key people. So that's who I would encourage people to go after because you get referrals. Those are super high trust and they convert a lot faster. Yes, you can go out and you can interview your ideal clients. That's always a good way to start. But most importantly, I would think you want to like in the first year that we work with our clients on their show, by the end of that year, they've got 25 relationships with key influencers that can all send them the referrals. Now, the game from there is just relationship. Yeah. You know, send them thank you notes, meet up with them at events, keep in touch with them you know, send them a quick Facebook message. I love audio messages on Facebook, for example. It's a great way to stay in touch with people. Like there's simple, small things that we, we don't, we overlook a lot of times because we're always thinking about, you know, when, when can I get that next? Ugh, I need some leads. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's but, interesting uh, you mentioned the audio. I, I've just found out that LinkedIn have a very similar thing that you can oh, use nice. on, the, uh, on the mobile app. It's not on the desktop, it's on the mobile. Oh, so you can send messages via voice to people um, on LinkedIn as well. But there you go. Yeah, that's very cool. Thank you, Microsoft, for being five years behind. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, there's there's so much in all of that, and we could probably fill another three or four or maybe ten podcasts on how to use podcasts and the benefits of podcasts. But mm -hmm. I have to respect your time. Um, you're a busy man, so I'm just going to say thank you very much for um, for coming on. Uh, one mm -hmm. thing I will say that I haven't mentioned is that. Matt being on this podcast is a product of exactly what he is saying. Um, his assistant got in contact with me to come on this podcast. Now Matt is going to be exposed to my listenership um, on the other side of the world. And you know, who knows what could happen um, from that um, for, for Matt. But that's why I, I highly, highly encourage you to, uh, to go out and check out his training, howtogetfeatured.com. And that's how to get featured on the right podcast and leverage outside audiences to grow your business. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely check that out. Um, and I know it's uh, pursuingresults.com. 
mm-hmm. yep, is for the, the website yeah for the production agency and is there anywhere personally that people can connect with you linkedin facebook twitter what's your what's your media of choice Hmm. It's actually Facebook. Uh, if you just look at it, I think it's facebook.com slash pursuing results leads directly to my personal profile. They can follow me or friend me, friend request me there. That's probably the best place for personal, um, for social media. I'm not, I'm not super active on social media. I, in fact, I find that I don't have to be, uh, social media for me is optional because of the podcasting. And so, um, you know, you mentioned kind of the introverted side that we talked about at the very beginning to me, that's I, I don't think in terms of like when I go out to a restaurant, the, my first thought isn't taking a selfie. In fact, I don't think about it at all. I, I have to strain, it strains my brain to try to think about social media. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, is I've been able to build this business without having to overcome that. And it's been through having conversations like this. So for example, like if I, if I come out to London next year or something like that, like you're going to hear from me. And so are the other three guests I've had on my podcast in the last six months that, that live in the UK right? Because I've had amazing conversations with everyone. And if I want to go to London and hang out with some people and have some, you know, meet up with people for happy hour, I have multiple people I can pull on just because of being on podcasts and hosting my own show. Uh, And that's how relationships are built. And those relationships can pay off for both of us for the next 10, 20 years. I mean, we're already be kicking around this business for a long time together. You know, I want good relationships with good people. And that's, that's what podcasting can do. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. So, um, yeah, Matt, thanks very much for, uh, for coming on, sharing your knowledge, your insight, your wisdom, your expertise. And yeah, I encourage anyone to listen, uh, that's listening, check out what Matt does, have a look at that training on how to get featured and just start there. If you're not quite ready to, to do your own podcast, if that's a little bit too far, start with that, have a little look at it and just figure out whether you like this medium or not, because you might not. Um, and then at least you found out with without having to invest a lot of uh, your your time and effort creating this entire platform. Um, I think it's a a great way to start. So Matt, thanks very much for coming on. And um, all that's left to say is uh, happy fishing. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally, and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.